Matthew chapter 6, and we'll begin reading in verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This passage is pretty familiar to all of us in this room, right? It comes between warnings of hypocrisy. The Lord's Prayer is what we're studying. It comes between warnings of hypocrisy on both sides. Don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't pray like the Gentiles. And then a little bit later, after the prayer, don't fast like hypocrites. Um, Before that, don't give money like hypocrites. So right in the middle of this huge warning against hypocrisy is Jesus teaching us positively how to pray. Prayer, what is prayer? In the simplest terms possible, what's prayer? Talking to God. It's just talking with God. It's communicating with God. It's communicating with our Father in heaven. What do you have to have in order to talk with God? Salvation. Faith. It's true. In the most simple and most basic terms, what do you have to have in order to talk with God? Some kind of faith, some kind of relationship with Him. He's a person, right? (coughs) Prayer depends on an intimate knowledge of God as our Heavenly Father. Many of us are hesitant to embrace God as our Father. But Jesus teaches us to pray by beginning our Father, our Father in heaven, our Father which art in heaven. Why are so many people, why are some of us hesitant to embrace God as our Father? Yeah. Bad experiences with our own fathers, our own fathers have hurt us. They failed us. 
We don't have good relationships with our fathers because they're distant or abusive or any number of other awful things, right? Some of you in this room have been emotionally crippled by your relationship with your father. And those of you, and there are many of you that have good relationships with your father, even still you have difficulty speaking to God as father, right? Yet scripture insists that knowing God as our father is the mark of a true Christian. We know we're his children. We know we're adopted into his family when his spirit cries out within our hearts, Abba, Father. Defining characteristic, defining mark of a Christian is that you recognize God to be your Father. Deep within you. When we're called to belong to God, we're adopted into his family. He becomes our Father, and he promises to be a Father to us. And until we see and have that kind of relationship, the first half of the Lord's Prayer makes no sense. It's empty and it's meaningless. And the second half of the Lord's Prayer is something that can only be prayed in a hopeless, faithless, and empty kind of way. How can you, if you don't see God as your Father, how can you call on Him for bread or for forgiveness with any kind of real faith or real hope that He'll answer your prayer? So how do we get past uh, the failures of our earthly fathers? How do we come to embrace God as our Father? What do you assume about the phrase in heaven, our Father in heaven, when you read it here in Scripture, when you pray the Lord's Prayer? Why do you think it's there? He's ruler over all. I think many of us think it's there to keep us from over-sentimentalizing God as Father, so it's put kind of in contrast to Father, so Father in heaven. So Father, yes, but in heaven, right? Call him Father, but don't really, be careful not to think too much of him as Father, because he's in heaven. So we, we draw a, a, an invisible barrier there that's not actually there. We think it's a way that it's there for him to keep his distance from us still, to be austere and far away. And it's true, it, he is in heaven and we're on earth. He's holy and we're not. But the point of us praying to our Father in heaven is not, yes, call him Father, but... No intimacy because he's out there and holy and otherly. The point is not that. The point is that he is the perfect father. He's the perfect father. The father from whom all fatherhood gets its name in the heavenly pattern our earthly fathers were called to follow. He's perfect in holiness, justice, and majesty. He's also perfect in his love, grace, mercy, and tenderness. And when Scripture speaks to us about the fatherhood of God, it is his mercy and his tenderness that it has in mind. That he's in heaven, 
reminds us that he is perfect in his mercy and in his tenderness and in his compassion for us as his children. It reminds us that he is powerful and able to hear our prayers and to do something about them. If we actually know God and if we know him in truth, we know him in this way, as a kind and tender father to all who take refuge in him and in his son. That doesn't diminish the call on us to fear him. It strengthens the call on us to fear him. With you there is forgiveness, tenderness, mercy, compassion, forgiveness, so that you may be feared. When we see God in this way, this prayer makes sense. But not until then. Do you see God as your heavenly Father, your Father in heaven? Or do you just think about your dad and your daddy issues when you think of calling on God as Father? He's not like your dad. I don't care how good your dad is. Our Father in heaven is the invocation, it's an address. And the rest of the prayer can be divided into six different petitions, six different requests. The first three are focused on God. second three are focused on us. The first petition is this. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What does hallowed mean? What does it mean for something to be hallowed? Honored, respected, revered, seen as holy. God's name is God's reputation. It's the glory that's ascribed to him. For God's name to be hallowed is for God to be held in high honor above all things. To desire that, that desire comes from a deep love of God and a love for his glory. It's the same desire that drove Jesus, the Son of God, who said, I came not to seek my own glory, but the glory of him that sent me. This, the honor of God's name, is the first desire of the heart of every one of his children. Anyone who sees and knows God as their tender father, their first desire is and must be his honor, that he's honored. What son or daughter, what little girl or little, or little boy doesn't think their dad is Superman and want the whole world to see him that way? What son or daughter isn't heartbroken when his dad is made fun of or dishonored or angered Good sons don't only honor their fathers, they desire their fathers to be honored by others. This is the natural relationship that God made between fathers and their children, and it's precious. And it's for that very reason that it's so devastating and so crushing when fathers let their children down and betray their trust. Everyone in this room 
has or is at, in some, at some point in the process of dealing with the fact that their dad is not Superman. Once you thought he was, if he was, if he was in the picture. Once you thought he was. And everyone in this room is somewhere somewhere in the process of, of dealing with the fact that he's not and what that means for you. Fathers are powerful figures. They dominate our lives. Even in their absence. The most defining reality of a kid who grows up without a father is what? That he grew up without a father. Or that she grew up without a father. Do you see and know God as your father? If you do, you want to see his name honored. Because guess what? He's everything that you thought your dad was when you were five and more. So much more. Are you jealous for his name to be held in high honor amongst yourselves when you talk with one another or in your classes or in your houses? If not, tonight you should ask yourself very seriously whether or not you really know what it means to be his child. That's the first petition. Your name be hallowed, honored. The second and third petitions are these. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a desire to see God's work accomplished and his desires achieved. To desire to see God's kingdom come is to desire to see the gospel triumph in the world, to see men redeemed from the power of sin, Satan in the world, to see them reconciled to God the Father. To desire his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven is to have your heart so tuned to his will, to desire what he desires so much that you want his perfect and holy will to be done perfectly, as perfectly as the angels of heaven. And that is, guess what, what all good sons and daughters want from their fathers. They're engaged in the work of their fathers and they're personally invested in it. I go home and if I start working on something, guess what my kids do? They want to play with me when I come home, but guess what? If I'm going to go work in the yard, they're going to want to be there to help. And they're going to create problems by trying to help. If I'm sitting down to write something, they want to help. I've been working on new Advent devotionals uh, for uh, a little Advent devotional book for families that uh, Michael Crum and I are working on for the families of our church 
and possibly more. And I read them to the kids and uh, see how they respond. And Peter wants, actually wants to help me write the stories and asks if he can help me write the stories. Every kid wants to be a part of the work of their father. Every kid is personally invested in the work of their fathers. Guess what? Your heavenly father is at work. He has work that he's doing. He has a mission and he has a purpose for this world. And he's made you his son so that you can be part of it. Do you care? His work is reconciling the world to himself through Christ. That's his work. Do you love him? Do you want to see his work done? Do you pray and long for it to be accomplished? Do you, wherever and however you can, join him in that work and make a mess of things? Do you try? Do you desire his kingdom to come? Do you desire his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? Christian life is really simple. It's hard, it's difficult, but simple. We have a Father in heaven and he's good and he loves us and he sent Jesus to die for our sins so he could forgive us and we should love him and want his name to be honored and we should join in and do the work that he's called us to do because that's what sons and daughters do. Is that simple? That's how simple the Christian faith is. That's what all of this, all that we do here and on Sunday morning and throughout the week, that's what it all can be boiled down to. God's a good father and he loves you. Be just like him. Do his work. Then there are the petitions that concern us. They have to do with our needs. If we see God as our Father, we'll come to Him with all of our needs, knowing and trusting that He cares for us, that He delights to give us good things. The very next prayer petition is give us this day our daily bread. Does that seem trivial to you? You just prayed for these great, big, grand things that God's name would be honored, that his kingdom would come, that his will be done on earth as is in heaven. And does it seem uh, silly or anticlimactic to turn around and ask him for bread? The children of God know that kind of freedom. To be free in one breath to plead for his kingdom to come and in the next to ask him to provide for our most basic physical needs. 
That's possible because God is a good father who cares for us. He loves, as all good fathers do, for his children to come to him. He likes for us to speak to him. He likes for us to cast our cares upon him. He enjoys it. It brings him pleasure. He likes it. It pleases him. It makes him happy. And he delights to give good gifts to his children. He delights to be seen as our provider. He delights to care for our every need. Not only do good children desire to see their father honored, they feel free to come to him with their needs. Do you see God as your provider? Do you see him caring for you? Do you feel free to come to him for even the most basic things? The next petition is difficult. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's a request that requires us to acknowledge that we have debts, sins. That acknowledges that we need forgiveness, right? Forgive us our debts. It acknowledges that we need to be reconciled with God. God is a person. Sin destroys and disrupts our fellowship with him. And we need to constantly acknowledge our sin before him. That's difficult. It's difficult to acknowledge our sins, to acknowledge who we are, and to bring our sins to God and ask forgiveness. It may not be the most difficult part of the petition, though. The more difficult part may be as we forgive our debtors. In that part of the prayer, we're calling God as witness to our own forgiveness of others. We're asking him to measure his forgiveness to us as we measure forgiveness out to others. Do you really want God to forgive you like you forgive others? Do you really want God to measure out forgiveness to you the way that you forgive others? your roommate? The prayer concludes with a, with a postscript, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. What's that about? It's a heart test. It's a heart check. Right there, right? God's children know God's grace and his mercy. And if you know God's grace and mercy for your sins, you can't help but to forgive others as freely as God has forgiven you. Are you truly children of your Father in heaven? If you are, you'll be merciful as he's been merciful to you. You'll be a peacemaker. Because God has made peace with you. You will love your enemies because while you were yet his enemy, Christ died for the ungodly. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Can you call God to forgive you as you forgive others? 
The final petition is this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, which is a prayer for God's protection and an acknowledgement of our weakness and an expression of our desire to not only be forgiven of our sin, but to walk in holiness. (coughs) God's children don't simply desire to be forgiven. They desire the power to kill their sin, to flee temptation, to resist temptation. They desire God to deliver us from our sin. It's an acknowledgement of our dependence on God for our ability to resist sin. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray this because we know God as our Father. We know we need His protection. We look to our Father for protection as all good children do. We see Him as strong and mighty and willing and ready to protect and defend us. Now, this prayer is something that we could spend weeks on. But here's what I want us to think about tonight. This is really all I want us to think about at the end of the day. Praying to God depends on knowing God as our Heavenly Father. Really as our Father. Like a little kid. Like a child. Do you know what it God means, or what it means for God to be your father? Are you willing to humble yourself and to have childlike faith? Some of you, it's hard because you've been scarred, right? You've been wounded, you've been hurt, you've been sinned against by your father. But that's, at the end of the day, it's just silly. It's a silly reason not to come to a perfect father. For forgiveness of your own sin and for healing from your wounds. You must have God as your father. You must be willing to come to him and humble yourself before him like a little child. Because if you won't have him for your father, what will you have him as? There's only one alternative as your judge. You must be humble, you must be tenderhearted, and you must come to him like a child. And you must rediscover within you, or actually rather have worked in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, all of the childlike wonder that a little five-year-old feels about his dad or her dad. And ever more. Ever stronger. Ever clearer. Ever better. Let's pray. Would you join me?
Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.